Hi, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Emily Green, otherwise known as Emily the Medium. This show is a space where I'll share my teachings around life after death, the soul, intuition, developing psychic abilities, and so much more. Together, we will expand our minds beyond what is widely accepted as truth and start to see the mind, body, and soul from a completely different perspective. This is a Soul Fire production. Hello, everybody. Hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are in time and space. Welcome back to Emily the Medium, the podcast. So happy to be back here with you as always. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode with my husband. It was so fun to hear all of your feedback around that episode and really the most beautiful feedback that I got that I was really kind of surprised that this hit so many people as hard as it did was really people who are in kind of a similar space as me in, you know, their abilities and spirituality and things like that, um, who are not currently partnered. And just that through our conversation, they felt that it gave them hope for in the future being with a partner who really supports and loves and encourages them on their spiritual path, on their development path, whatever that looks like. So that was really special for me to hear and would love to hear if that episode hit you in that way too. So glad to be back. Happy spring. Happy post-equinox. I had an incredibly magical equinox. Lots of shifts happening over here. I won't share just yet, Um, but it really surrounds a question that I've been having lately just around new energies that I'm starting to let in in my readings and just in my personal kind of um, meditation and channeling practice and just really having questions around my identity and, you know, the word medium or psychic medium, and if that really feels like it still fits for me. Um, So we'll see. Stay tuned. Stay posted. I may be talking more about this in a solo episode coming up, so stay tuned. As for today's episode, I'm really excited to introduce um, some little pieces of an interview that I did actually with my friend Hannah Kuhari over at the Light Body Podcast. She is also known as Divine Sky Mystic on Instagram, and she is just so wonderful. And we had such an incredible conversation around supporting sensitive, intuitive children. And just we kind of riffed on our individual experiences as sensitive of children when we were growing up and supporting future generations and, you know, just everything that all of you know that I love to talk about. And it was such a great interview. And so I wanted to share some of the highlights from that conversation. So that's what you'll be hearing in this podcast episode today. I will also be having Hannah on for an official interview in the next few months. But for now, we'll kind of look at some little pieces from this conversation. So this is not the full interview. If you want to listen to the full interview, you can head over to Hannah Kuhari's The Light Body Podcast. Follow her on Instagram. She's absolutely wonderful and so intelligent and so just so wonderful and lovely and kind in all senses of the word. She's a fellow psychic medium, an astrologer, very, very talented astrologer. So just loved having the chance to do this conversation with her. So I hope you enjoy the little pieces that I've decided to share here with you today. I hope you find it valuable. Please let me know or let Hannah know if you have any questions, feedback, reflections, if some of these things that we're talking about are what you're experiencing in your parenting experience with your children. As always, love to open up this conversation. So I hope you enjoy it. Before I get to today's episode between Hannah and myself, just wanted to remind you that if you haven't yet already, I talked about their show on last week's episode. Head on over and listen to Make Life Delicious with Megan and Peggy Curry. They're just so absolutely wonderful. They have a great episode that just came out this week, actually, last week at the time that you'll be listening to this, that's all about healing your gut, which is something that I have been very interested in lately. So it's just so they all, as always, they share so much valuable information that I always really enjoy listening to and just as always love the dynamic between the two of them. So if you haven't yet already, head on over, listen to Make Life Delicious. The link is in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get into some highlights of this conversation that I had with Hannah Kuhari. Take care. 
So this kind of leads into my next question, Emily, because I know that you are so very passionate about helping families and helping, you know, very sensitive, uh, intuitive children. And I know these current waves of babies that have been born kind of over the last 10 years Mm -hmm. are so intuitive. They're so filled with light, such magnitude of of potential healing. So what advice or care do you have for parents with highly sensitive or intuitive children? Oh, such a good question. I, I am so passionate about it. And I think, you know, I, I was born in 1994 and even just like there is, you're right, in the in the last 10 years, there is new ripples of these new energies and children coming onto the planet, which I think is really proportionate to the the changes that are happening on the planet, just, you know, physically and, and down here on the ground, but also mm-hmm. energetically as well. They're really coming kind of in a response to that energy and and, um, they're being called to this energy to help and to guide and to teach and to to show the way in, in different ways. So yeah, I think um, I have so it's, it's just different. And I think you know, parent, parenting young children. How old are how old are your girls? My oldest is seven, and my seven. youngest turns four tomorrow. Yeah, so they're right in that. You know, they're right in that. Bright and not, and I think you know sometimes I it's hard to. Um, to kind of really pinpoint the time frame of when, yeah. okay, when did it start shifting where these energies are just, they're more sensitive. It's just like an, an extra added layer of awareness or sensitivity or perception and things like that's hard to pinpoint it. But um, I did a, I was doing a workshop on this not too long ago and there's different waves. Like there was some kind of around, you know, this year, 2000, mm-hmm. a lot around the years, 2011, 2012, mm-hmm. t- 2013, all those, you know, there are seems like there was little pockets of time where these energies were just kind of like coming in extra kind of sensitive and very, very revolutionary. This is something that I'm noticing too. Like they're just kind of, they're not here to waste any time. They're here to, you know, like as soon as they can speak, they're ready to shake things up. They're ready to change the way that we're looking at things, societal structures, family structures, worldly structures, this kind Mm -hmm. of thing. They're like, there's no time to waste, you know, and there's an urgency. I find that that's very common in a lot of these, these children and these energies that I'm seeing, there's an urgency of kind of like, I got to get to it. There's no time to waste. And, you know, I have things to do, people to see, places to be. And I think it's really reflected something that I just, I love to see is these children, you know, as young as seven, eight years old, who are like figuring out ways to clean the world's oceans or they're, oh, like, it's just incredible. They're just, they're doing things in, in seven years of life that some people have been trying to accomplish for 40, 50 years on this planet. It's almost like they're able to to do it and get things on the ground and get things moving with, of course, the support of their parents and family and people around them much quicker. It's it's mm-hmm. very interesting. And I don't know what the energetics are behind that. I think that they just, they've got um, some cosmic support for sure. And they're just, mm-hmm. their energy systems are built that way. But to come back to your question, how to support these children, I think one thing that I would say is just, I really see bringing a child onto this planet as, you know, for the for the person who is carrying the child, who's bringing the child onto this planet and bringing them into a family is that we're really, you know, just the vehicles for these beautiful, beautiful, intelligent, gorgeously sensitive children. And we're mm-hmm. here to kind of nurture them and support their specific experiences and support them and, and guide them passively and sometimes a little bit more actively and and letting them have their own experiences and discover. And I think that that's just such a big thing that I see. I really think we're moving away from this kind of structure of, okay, well, this is who I've been. So this is who you you will be. And this is who your grandfather was and so on and so forth. It's more just like letting them discover and explore and be curious about themselves and, and you know, what their specific interests are and what they want to try out. And if, even if like, I see a lot of parents now who are, their children just, they do not, the education system as it is just does not compute for them. It just does not work for them. And so instead of forcing that model of education in that way, they're just like, well, we, you know, we unschool or we homeschool or we have them in a nature school or things Mm -hmm. like that. Like, I think that's just so amazing. And obviously that's not accessible for every, every person, every family, but things like that, where it's like, 
you know, I think parents are really having to find new solutions of, you know, okay, so the system that worked for me is not necessarily going to work for my child. And so I have to maybe get a little bit creative in terms of what kind of opportunities I I can sort of offer them to try things differently. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the big, that's a big thing. And I'm curious your thoughts on that too. Just, I of course don't have children yet. So this is all my observation and working with other people, but I'm curious your experience with that just with your own children. Yeah. And I think you, you totally nailed it with the piece about just because it worked, you know, for myself or my husband doesn't mean it's going to work for my kids. Mm. Um, and a lot of that of course is generational. I mean, what our children have access to now and how they play and work and interact with the world and their communities is so different from when my husband and I were born, which was in the early eighties. And so, you know, there is kind of a big gap there. However, I mean, I see so much of myself, especially in my oldest daughter, who is seven and a half, and she was diagnosed at a pretty young age with ADHD. And I also have been diagnosed as an adult with ADHD. And mm-hmm. this kind of brings me back to one of your podcast episodes that you had with one of your mentors talking about how these children are just so sensitive to energy yeah. that they sometimes, you know, either are misdiagnosed, although I have pretty full confidence in, in both of our diagnoses. However, yeah. I do believe that because we both have ADHD, that we are incredibly sensitive to other people's energies and that we perceive energy in a very different way, which means as a parent, I really have to be aware of that because how she reacts emotionally is very real to her. And of course, as a parent, I look at my children and especially my oldest. And I think from a rational, logical hindsight point of view, that's not a big deal. Why is she melting down about this? Why is she so concerned about someone else or how they're perceiving her in this moment? And of course, some of that is just her immaturity. She's seven. But I also realize she feels these feelings so big and so authentically, and I have to hold space for her to do that. I I don't want to rush her through trying to process those feelings. How how could we rush a, a tender heart at that age, trying to understand the magnitude of chaos, pain, heartbreak, intensity of what living on this planet in 2021 is? Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, it is, it's massive. It is intense. And- You know, our children right now are trying to understand COVID and they're trying to understand social injustices Mm -hmm. and they're trying to understand politics and that's not their job. It is so complicated that it, it really is a lot, at least from my and my husband's perspective, like you said, not passively um, raising them, but giving them the space to experience and reflect and really immerse themselves in whatever it is that they are feeling in that moment. I mean, I had an experience yesterday with my daughter, my oldest daughter, we were out going for a walk and it's spring here and the birds were singing and we had our binoculars and there was all of this graffiti on some of these rocks. And there was a lot of trash that were out and I didn't comment on it. I I noticed that she was seeing it and I was waiting for her to respond. Mm -hmm. And she immediately just got very upset. Like, why would people do this to the earth? The earth has so much to give us. These, this is somebody's home. Like, how do the squirrels feel about this dirty diaper oh. sitting here? She was very upset. Oh, my heart. And I know, and, to, and angry. And so what you're talking about, how these kids yeah. feel this urgency to to do and to find solutions, yes. um, at least in our house, is very much linked to getting their hands busy with, with art projects or getting out and doing stuff or allowing them to be having these experiences that gives them a bigger perspective of like what's going on outside their bubble and whatever feelings come up during those times. Like, let's talk about it. Nothing is off the table here. Common phrase we use in our house is there's nothing we can't talk about. There is nothing we can't work to find a solution on because, you know, you don't want to feel limiting for anyone that is, that is highly sensitive. And then it's having that freedom to explore and also to understand also the, the magnitude of our feelings. And I think a lot of these children that we have that have been more recently born and you know along these age frames that, that we've been discussing they understand the subtleties of emotions i think yeah. far more than a lot of us did as children like they are so yes. aware of the spectrum mm-hmm. of their emotion and of course that can be an incredible gift but it is also a very vulnerable place too if we don't know how to nurture and and support that absolutely and i think so beautiful, by the way. I can just tell you, you, you're doing such an amazing job, you and your husband. Oh, it's so gorgeous. I'd love to hear it. But I think one thing that I wanted to mention too, just that you're a parent listening to this is that 
just even what you described. And of course, like I mentioned, I don't have uh, children of my own yet, but that's, I think just ha having compassion for the parents as well, who are, mm. who are holding space for these children. My goodness, it's, it's work. Oh, it's, yeah. it's energy. It's, and, and, and you're having your own experiences as well and your own kind of energy that you're processing and also holding space for your children's experiences and their emotions and those range, the range of emotions and how that's happening. Oh my goodness. I think it's, it's also important to, to acknowledge parents here who are holding space and parenting these children because yes. it takes energy. It does. And sometimes we don't have energy for ourselves to even process oh what's yeah. happening. Yes. And then it's like, oh my goodness, I got to make sure. Oh my. So I just really want to have a compassion moment for you and for parents out there who are, are doing the same thing or doing doing mm -hmm. similar yeah, space holding for their children. Yeah, it is. It is big work raising kids. It's It is a big job. It is a wonderful job, but it is a big job. So the other piece too, that with intuitive children, at least with our kids, is also just being open to, to ask them, well, what, what do they perceive about something? Yes. So I talk about angels with my kids. I don't force an opinion about it, but we, we speak about it as if it was anything else, yes. you know, not weird, not strange, kind of destigmatizing these uh, big concepts. And, you know, we've had some interesting conversations about religion and and how that comes into play with things and again trying to be as open and and loving and compassionate to that as well my husband's in is in the military so we've moved quite a bit and different places that we have lived have been culturally more religious or less. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my daughter who's in first grade has had the experience of, you know, her classmates saying that, you know, if you don't believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. that being your savior, then you're going to go to hell. And then of mm -hmm. course my seven-year-old comes home and is like, what's hell? What is, what's going on here? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we kind of have to, we have to talk about that. And, and also just to being open to, well, how do you perceive that information? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to always have to tell her what she has to believe about what she feels. Right. I want to know how she perceives that. What does that mean to her? Where do her feel, you know, where do those feelings bring up for her? Yeah. And what is, how does the idea of angels or, or spirit guides make you feel? Yeah. Um, this is just normal dinnertime conversation. <laughs> I love it. But uh, it is really fascinating to hear from the mouth of a seven-year-old that they like the idea of having a guardian angel or a spirit guide. And yet they, they don't really understand the complexity of what that relationship is or what those energies are, but it doesn't feel any different to them than having yeah. a friend that lives down the street or, yes. you know, it's not a weird or strange thing. Yeah. So I think also for, for parents that have kids that are maybe seeing things or experiencing things, asking them, yeah. how does this make you feel? What's this experience like for you? Yeah. Describe to me. Yeah, no matter what exactly, like sometimes I think that we have our own sort of emotional reactions to things and sort of able to, you know, have a acknowledgement of that. But then I love how you 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 say that. I love how you present that to them and just, okay, great. So what is that? How does that feel for you? Does that feel and I think what I'm getting from that too of 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 how you're doing that is just really guiding them into their own discernment process. Mm -hmm. uh, like, does that feel true in your body? Does that feel good? Does that not feel good? How does that yeah. feel? Which I think is, and this is the thing, I think that that's the the individuation and the, the individuality of each person's intuitive experience is that, you know, how you react to something may be very different, even though you're in the same family structure, may be very different than how your child actually perceives that. And, you know, they might go, you know what, actually that feels good for me. I feel good with that. And then amazing, then that's your experience. And that's maybe different from mine. And often they they know exactly how how true or not true or good or or neutral or things like that. They know exactly how it feels. They just need to be guided into the experience. Okay, so even just coming back to sensitivity with with spirit related things. Okay, well, mom, I saw this. You know, just using your experience of I saw this woman sitting on the end of my bed last night, and it's like, okay, well, what was your initial reaction? Well, I initially felt really scared. Okay, and then what happened? Well, then I just ran into your room to come get you. You know, so it's like, I think that it's a, the, the guiding process of, of asking questions and being curious and guiding children into their, their own experience without inserting any kind of either fear of our own potentially, because mm -hmm. that exists, you yeah. know, that that still exists without uh, inserting any of that so that they can just kind of have their own thing. Yeah. 
And it's amazing, even at these at these young ages, the wisdom that these children carry into these these oh, lifetimes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, it's really it's healing to me because yeah. it shows me just how much our kids already know deep within them. And yeah. as parents, or as teachers, or as as mentors, we just we just facilitate that opening. We facilitate that confidence and helping them to discern what is my true voice telling me, like, which is truly giving our children the gift of learning how to live in alignment from a very young age. Exactly. It becomes so powerful to be able to clearly know what is for you and what is not for you um, at a younger age than having to learn it later in life. Of course, that doesn't bypass kind of the normal childhood adolescent experiences that we have with our peers and wanting to fit in. Those are normal human experiences that we have to have. But at a soul's level, there is something really powerful about listening to a child or, you know, a young adult know truly like this is a no for me and this is why. Yes. And to be able to feel that instead of I'm making this choice, yes or no, because I think my parents want me to do it or someone's told me that I should. And I think that that just even what you just described of, because I think that this is becoming really a movement and it's almost sort of like a lot of parents, I notice that they're, they're having no choice, but to, to allow children to have their own discernment process right. and, and discover, you know, it's just yeah. like, there's no option. I right. can't. So I think that that's really going to, I'm really interested in the next, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to see how these children who know what is true for them and know what feels right and what doesn't feel right and what's okay and what's not okay. I mean, I just got goosebumps just talking about it. I think we're going to see some amazing changes just in terms of how these these children are showing up in the world. I really think I can't wait to watch. I'm like getting my popcorn and ready to to, <laughs> yes. to support them and cheer them on and be like, yes, let's yeah. do it. Yeah. And that is why I feel so much that for us as an as adults, especially, you know, with within our generations and you know, where we are in our stage of life, doing our healing work as adults is so important. It is so crucial because it lays this beautiful framework for our children to understand that if we can be aware of generational trauma that needs to be healed, if we are taking the responsibility to make the shifts and changes that is necessary for our lives, think of the example that's setting for our children and how much easier that will be for them when they have that as their their role models, that as their example. And they yes. don't have to do that healing work. So it's, I, I mean, I just feel like there are so many of us in this age bracket, these kind of late 20s, 30s, and into our 40s where as healers, we're doing a lot of this old generational healing facilitation and work yeah. with our clients. And it's these younger generations that are coming in now or have been coming in that are do- that are going to be doing a lot yeah. of this incredible work, whether you want to call it ascension work or just this up-leveling of humanity. Yeah. Like you said, we're going to have to sit back and wait to see how that progresses, but it, it feels hopeful to me. And me too. it feels like we're working together with our children in a very um, compassionate way. And I love that. Oh my gosh. I just got goosebumps when you, Mm. when you said that, because I think uh, the other thing also that is so important to me too, is that any parent knows that, you know, their children is just like, they're they're smart. Like, it's like, wow, they're so intelligent. But I think more than ever, it's like, they actually want to use that intelligence and co-create that in, in conjunction with their family members, with their siblings, with their parents. Like, let's use this together. Let's, what can we do with this? Okay. You've got this great idea. You have this vision, you have this, you're upset about, um, you know, people disrespecting mother earth in this way. Let's, what do we want to do with that? How do we yeah. want to use that together? And they've got, they'll tell us, they've got so many ideas and so much, so many innovative kind of ways of looking at things. So I think just something that just kind of came in for me is like this era. And I think this next generation of, of really children wanting to co-create yeah. with their parents and that that's totally possible. You know, they, they're ready to go as soon as they can speak, I find. Yes. Oh, I love that. We speak so much in the spiritual community about being open to co-create with the universe. And of course, we're all doing that and we should be open to doing that. But also in a similar magnitude, being open to co-creating with our children. You know, we're not, we're not doing the work for them. And I mean, in my experience, tenfold, my children have offered me 
so much healing and perspective. I mean, I could just cry even thinking about it, that they will yeah. never, they will never understand the depth of, of, of healing that they have offered me and perspective in my own life to do the work. Yeah. Of course, I could go on and on about how I think children, of course, are the catalyst for a lot of the karmic lessons that we are set to learn in life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's another topic we could spend hours talking about. Um, yeah. But leading into the idea of incarnation and, you know, children on the other side, spirit babies. I know that this is a topic that you've spoken about on your podcast and on other podcasts, but please yeah. let's, let's, let's just dive into it. this conversation Yes, because um, this is kind of your area of expertise. So I know that you work with families and couples that are seeking to conceive or are pregnant as well as maybe families who have lost children. How did this come to you? Like, do you just feel very connected to these to these energies on the other side? It's a great question. Yeah. You know, I kind of just fell into it. It it was not something that I ever intended. I've talked about this at length when I first started, when I first had this start happening and first started having these spirit babies, these energies start coming to me in readings. I mean, I was 23, like I didn't have children. I was, I was like, who am I to be helping these? I don't even like, I didn't truly, I didn't even know how the IVF process worked. Like Mm -hmm. who, who am I to be helping these families with fertility and, and family planning and infertility and, and miscarriage? Like who am I? And so, so it was not something that I ever predicted, expected, or wanted to expand into. It really just, you know, as, as I'm sure you understand, Hannah, that spirit just kind of, you know, they set things up for you and you, you fall into them and you're not exactly sure how you got there, but here you are. Right. And so, yeah, it's like, okay, all right. So here I am and I'm doing this now. So for me, I had a a couple of experiences, um, that sort of sparked my catalyst of, of moving into my interest in, in spirit babies. And, and just for context, for anyone who's unfamiliar with that term, uh, my understanding of spirit babies, essentially, you know, I always say there's, there's a spectrum. So there's past, present, future, meaning a spirit baby could be a child or a soul who passed in utero, whether through miscarriage or otherwise. A present spirit baby could be a child who is currently presently incarnated in utero and they're able and willing to communicate with the mother or the family and future, which is essentially um, children who have not yet incarnated, but they have an interest or a plan to incarnate. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how I describe it. And of course, there's more to it than that, but that's just for sake of simplifying the the thing, because there's still things that I learn about this. And I'm I'm definitely, I'm passionate and I'm interested and I've learned so much from this realm of of energies, but I'm I'm not an expert. I'm still, I learn new things every day. I'll get something new. I'm like, I didn't, you know, I'll be saying something to someone in a, in a reading with a spirit baby. I'll be like, okay, I had no idea that this was even possible. I mm-hmm. didn't know that this was a thing. And, you know, I'm learning this just alongside you, which I think, again, that's the magic of spirit. I, I learn every time I teach. So it's really fun. But the first two experiences that I had, the very, very first one was with a, with a, a woman, with a client who was pregnant. It was, it was not a planned pregnancy and she knew because of the circumstances surrounding the pregnancy that she would not be able to have this child. Mm -hmm. And so that's when she came my way. And so she was looking for support in community. She was, she was already quite conscious of of this, um, which actually, you know, she was like, I know about the soul and he's already, and I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) So, um, I started connecting and communicating with this, um, with this soul and this beautiful little soul, this, this male energy. And he was just so for her. He was like, I, I totally get it. I understand. I understand why I can't come this time around. There's no guilt. There's no shame. You, you do what you have to do. I love you. I'll be back. There's no problem. And he was able to kind of just help with her decision to, um, and the pregnancy at the time that she needed to. And, you know, so, so we in contact over the years and and he would kind of pop up in readings and sort of say hi and you know don't forget about me I'm still here and I'm ready to come back whenever you are and we're waiting for things to line up and all this kind of stuff and then finally she um there was actually there was two experiences well she she was pregnant again and was very excited. She was was totally ready to to move forward with this pregnancy, and she sadly had a miscarriage. And so she came to me again and said, "What happened? I, I don't know what what happened here. I thought he was ready. What's going on?" And connected with the energy of his soul, and he said, "Well, 
you know, because last time um, and the last two times, it's not been a choice for you. Um, it's been kind of a surprise, an unplanned sort of experience. Although this time you were happy for the kind of unplanned experience, it was still unplanned. You know, he basically communicated, I need you to choose me. I need mm. you to intentionally choose my energy and come into intimacy with your partner and, and choose me. That's what I need. And so I communicated that to her and she said, okay, I'll do that. That's what we'll do. And so, you know, she went to do the thing and, and, uh, and came back and a couple weeks later, six weeks later, she was pregnant again and carried this beautiful baby boy um, to full term. And so it was just like, that was the first experience where, oh, I got goosebumps just talking about it, it was yes. one of the most amazing and just getting to follow the story of this soul the whole way through and now seeing him as, you know, now he's about 10 months old. Oh my gosh, wow. he's just so, you know, uh, anyway. So that was my first experience. And then after that, Hannah, like, oh my gosh, they would just come all the time. It was like, oh, she's paying attention. She could bring us through. So we're going to just, you know, come in, in, in hordes. <laughs> and it would just be like one thing after the next. And I would be connecting with all these families who were trying to conceive, had been trying to conceive for years and years and years and, and miscarriage after miscarriage, loss after loss, and they were losing hope and they needed help. And I would just connect to the soul and be like, hey, this is what they need. This is what they're saying. These are some circumstances that could potentially change to perhaps sort of enhance this soul being able to to come here, come earthside. And, and you know, months later, they'd be able to conceive and, and carry children full term. So I, I work in all areas of spirit babies, but specifically, I'm really interested in helping families who have been experiencing infertility for either for short periods of time or long periods of time, whether it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's physical and the spirit mm -hmm. babies will bring that through, Hey, you need to get X, Y, Z checked out. And, you know, they go and sure enough, there's, you know, a fibroid on the, the ovary and, and, and other times it's purely energetic where they just oh. need to communicate something. Mm -hmm. Hey, I, I got to say something to you before I get here. I have a question for you before I get here. And is this going to be okay for you? And then, then the parent, you know, is able to be in communication with that child and reassure them or just support them in certain ways. So there's so much to it. And like I said, I'm still learning. <laughs> it's still, I've been, you know, it's been, I guess, oh my gosh, um, three years. Yeah. Three years of, of having this as a specific sort of focus of work. And and I still learn something new every time I, I do it. So it's, um, it's really amazing. Gosh, I mean, there's just so, there's so much to unpack there. And each yeah. experience is so unique, of course, because of the relationship with the parents and of course those circumstances. And one of the questions I had that you already intuitively answered through, um, through your explanation of your experience was if there are themes that you see with people trying to conceive, if they're having difficulties, and you, you mentioned that some of that is physical and yeah. sometimes the baby will bring that information to you. And sometimes it is purely energetic. Do you have a sense of, you know, I feel like there are a lot of, a lot of people that are struggling with infertility right now. Yes. I mean, I, I know so many of my own yes. peers and friends that have struggled with infertility. Yeah. Do you see a lot of patterns or themes of things that are kind of woven through a lot of your clients' experiences as well, or are they, or are they very singular? That's a great question. There are definitely some, there's enough themes that I would be able to pinpoint, but also on the other side of the spectrum, it is so individual. Mm -hmm. Like it's even as individual, Hannah, as their physical location. Like, it's, really? I, I, yeah, mm -hmm. I had a, I had a, a spirit baby one time, actually this, this beautiful client of mine, she just gave birth to a beautiful baby girl just at the end of February. And her thing was pretty much every, I had been working with her over, over the course of a, about a year or so. And her big thing was they were living in an apartment at the time in a very busy city. Mm -hmm. And the spirit people said, no, 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 that's not going to work for me. Um, <laughs> I, I can't live in a city. It's too, too overstimulating. It's too overwhelming. All right. So basically I come to the client like, so... She's telling me that you have to move. Um, you know, she's like, got her list of demands. Yeah, um, <laughs> you have to move to a suburb. It has to have three bedrooms. I'm just kidding, but but really, you know, there's sometimes yeah. it's that amount of of specificity, right? That, that actually, the good thing was in this situation, that client was already like, we're already talking about that. We're already thinking about that. So it wasn't just, you know, totally out of left field. Oh my right. gosh, we got to ditch our apartment. But it's so individual. I think one theme that I will say 
is often just connection between the two individuals in the parent structure, whether that's mm -hmm. mother, father, mother, mother, father, mm -hmm. father. I'm sure that anybody who has experienced infertility can attest to it's hard. Yeah. It's taxing on the, the body. It's taxing on the mind. It's taxing on the spirit. And it can be really taxing on, on a relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes they just say, we want you to, to come together. We don't want, we need, you know, you take a pause from, from trying to actively conceive for a while and come back to each other and, and, and reconnect with each other and, you know, or reconnect with like, even sometimes it can cause if there's already a child in the family unit, that child is, you know, they're not connecting on a different level and that child's acting out or, you know, whatever mm. the case may be. So mm -hmm. that's a big one that I see. It's just connection. Another big one that I see is <laughs> it's kind of, I'm laughing because it's, it's interesting, but basically, especially in the last few years, the spirit babies will be like, you know, earth is, is dense and mm -hmm. it's especially mm -hmm. dense right now. And I'm yeah. a little nervous. Cannot blame them. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I get you. Yeah. You know, I, I feel you. It's a little dense. I'm a little nervous. I'm not exactly sure if I'm ready for the, the 3d vibration again. Can you support me in ushering me earthside and make sure that I have everything that I need so it's an easier transition from spirit to earth? And it's a huge one, huge, huge, wow. huge. And I think especially just as we were talking about before with the, the heightened level of sensitivity and awareness, it's even more important than ever that they just need to know that their sensitivities are going to be understood and respected and that they're going to have the space to explore them with no judgment or no shame and just with curiosity. So those are two massive ones, but there's been so many things like the physical location one that was interesting. I'm trying to think of just other examples, but there's just so much, yeah. so many individual experiences of what they'll say, like, Hey, I need this or, or, Oh, here's one. I just thought of one. You need a, you need a new delivery team uh, the, or mm. like a new medical team in mm. terms of the, the, the medical doctor that you have lined up with. That's not going to work for me for yeah. whatever reason. So that was an interesting one. So sometimes oh. I'm acting just as, you know, as the, as the communicator, of course, as we do. Right. And it can be very interesting to suggest sometimes these little bit <laughs> off the wall, you know, suggestions, or I'm going, okay, I don't know how they're going to react to this, but I got to say it because, yeah. you know, spirit is spirit. You can't, you can't filter anything out. So yeah. you just got to say what you get, but it's very interesting to navigate sometimes. Yeah. That is, that is so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And something else that you mentioned as you were beginning to, to chat about this topic was that babies, spirit babies that for whatever reason, aren't able to come through or the pregnancy has been terminated that these these souls understand our human circumstances and that they don't carry they don't carry judgment towards us that they're so purely loving and i have no doubt that someone listening to this needed to hear that yeah. that if they've experienced a loss or have had to make, make a difficult decision that you know spirit on the other side doesn't doesn't judge us for those those having to make those decisions and that they love us yeah regardless and they want to Absolutely. come back to us if they can Absolutely and I think that that's so, so important because I think especially when I've talked about this and I got so much beautiful response of people being like wow I've been carrying that around for 15 years, 20 years, 30 years of guilt or shame or or this and that so with that exactly like you said there's they often sometimes these spirit babies have an understanding of what needs to happen before even we've come to the decision or we, or we, you know, know what, what we're going to do in terms mm -hmm. of moving forward with the pregnancy or not, or, you know, whatever the circumstances are, there's a lot of nuance there, but often they understand and they accept and they acknowledge long before even we do. And when we finally come to the decision, it's like, yes, okay. I totally understand. I love you. I love you. I love you. I'll be here. So that's amazing. Sometimes I do see just other side of the spectrum. Sometimes I just see souls who, you know, they're not angry. They might be slightly sad that they mm -hmm. that they don't have a, a, an opportunity. It's it's essentially just you know they're not mad. They're they're just a little sad. It's yeah, just they're disappointed. Of, exactly, yeah. exactly. Just as if you know if we had an opportunity and it didn't work out, we don't have any hard feelings towards the person. Um, but we might just have a little moment of oh, okay. And you know, one thing that I always just communicate to people is that I just say you know talk to them. Just tell them mm. just as you would if you had to have a hard conversation with someone that you loved. You would say, I have to make this really hard decision and this is going to affect you. And 
please know that it doesn't mean I don't love you or I don't accept you or I don't want you or, you know, whatever the case may be in, in any kind of given situation. And I love you and I hope you understand. It's just, it's, you know, I think that keeping, um, and this is where I like to empower people into the fact that they can do that, you know, just yeah. as, just as spirit babies can come through in a, in a, in a session, just as the same as you can have a beautiful telepathic, emotional, psychic connection with your, with these energies as well. They're, yeah. they're more than willing to to communicate you know through the parent and and through me you know of course if that works out that way but they love to communicate with you and and hear from you and have you talk out loud to them just as our loved ones on the other side love that same thing as well yeah I felt that with both of my pregnancies with my daughters, that connection. And we didn't find out with either pregnancy what we were having. They were both a surprise. And I very intuitively knew that both of them were girls, despite everyone telling me, oh, you're you're carrying low. It's going to be a boy. And <laughs> yeah. oh, mama knew, mama knew. Most, I feel like most women, when they're pregnant, they have a very good sense of, even if they found out the the sex of the baby, they, have, they might already have an instinct or an intuitive knowing about what that child's personality will be like, because yeah. you've been carrying this energy that has been, you know, growing inside of you for nine months. And I, I felt that definitely with both of my girls, just feeling the energy within my own body and how that differed. And of course the physical manifestations through pregnancy as well, but uh, just knowing that they were going to be very different little girls and they are, and it makes me very curious, like, <laughs> Had I, had I been able to truly connect with them in the spirit world before they came through what they would have had to say um, to yes. me, but I, <laughs> I also trust that it, that didn't happen because there was a reason for that. But yeah. um, so do you have, have you had the experience with spirit babies that a spirit baby will try to come, come down and then perhaps there has been some kind of pregnancy mm -hmm. loss and then that, that soul chooses not to come back. Yep, that has happened. It's it's more rare than than you'd think. Mm -hmm. um, it it has happened. That can be really hard for a lot of parents to come to terms with. That mm -hmm. oh my gosh, this soul was just meant to spend that short amount of time with me. How can that be? Yeah, you know, this is something that I only learned and understand when I and, and I found this book after I started doing this work. It's called Spirit Babies by Walter Mackaishen, um, and uh, and he talks about in this book. It's a great resource, and he. Talks talks about in this book how sometimes spirit babies are are just meant to have a, a very brief experience in utero and maybe that's only a couple days or a week or a month and that their mission was just to incarnate be in utero for x period of time and then to return to the spirit world and to not to not return and that that is their purpose that they yeah. actually just came to experience love in utero for that short period of time and that that had a purpose for it too which of course can be so difficult for us, you know, here who are experiencing that, but that that is something that happens. So yeah. that that's all they need. They just needed to experience that brief moment in time of love and of, oh, she's, she's happy I'm here and I'm accepted and I'm loved. And that's all that they needed. Oh, so that, that brings tears to my eyes. It's so yeah. beautiful and yeah. so healing. I think yeah. there'll, there will be people that will hear this and um, that will be a weight taken from, from them because it is hard to understand purpose. And when we conceptualize purpose from a human experience, only from a human experience, then we assume that there is no purpose unless we've been born and have been yes. incarnated into a physical body. Right. And I, I, you know, I asked you that question because I had a miscarriage before my two daughters were born mm -hmm. and my experience has been connecting with that energy on the other side, that soul didn't, did not come back, yeah. um, but has served kind of as like a, a joy guide in my life. Yes. This, this child has helped bring me back to experiences of joy and seeking joy and that he is happy to do that. That's where he felt like his purpose was. Yeah. So it is really beautiful when we yeah. consider our connections with our children, both whether they are in the spirit world or in the physical world, that there is a reason for them to come into our life, whether or not they're actually born and yes. it has value. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. I love that. I think your point is so beautiful and is something that I often think about and, and reflect on often is that purpose is not always just defined by we came and we were born and we lived a legacy. And then we, you know, it can just be just as 
beautifully um, brief in terms of time as that. And then they continue to serve the soul and your experience. That's so beautiful. And I can mm -hmm. feel that so viscerally that the soul was just, it was here to have a brief experience with you and your family and then didn't come back physically, but continue to guide you in, in a different form. Mm -hmm. I think that's so gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's very, I see that all the time. And I think that's, that's, you know, even in, in mediumship readings where that kind of very similar theme will, will come through where, yes. you know, we're talking with other people and then all of a sudden person will go, well, I, I had a miscarriage 25 years ago. How yes. could that be? Yes. Well, oh, they're still, you know, that doesn't matter. Yeah. That, right. You know, yeah. so that happens all the time. I see yeah. that all the time too. It's beautiful. I do too. Or, um, relatives, you know, grandparents, I'll see them holding a child that has passed yes. uh, or has been, you know, was miscarried even at like six weeks or something, but they have the baby, yep. you know, and they will, they will show that in a reading that we yep. have this child, the child is with us, you know, they're surrounding you and they have yeah. their own purpose for connecting with you. So I know we could go on and on, but to <laughs> just kind of like wrap things up. Yeah. Um, parents that are struggling with emotional, intuitive children, what is your one piece of advice for them to take in terms of how they can get through today? Maybe they're having a really challenging day. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, you know, probably more frequent than, than not of, of emotional challenging days. You know, I think it's, it's what I would say, and maybe this is more specific to the last year and the last, you know, the, well, the last year and a bit that we've had that um, children are, are holding, I think, more energy and, and more confusion and, and seeing different sides of things and trying to understand than ever before on, on a very physical level, mm -hmm. um, but also on an energetic level in their own experience. And, it's a such a, a an impressionable time, you know, especially from you know age zero to ten. So yeah. impressionable, and to be living in a seven, eight, nine, ten year old body right now on the planet. My goodness, I I can't even imagine. <laughs> I, I truly can't even imagine. And so I think that it's just when they're having a tough day and an emotional day, and you know, however that's manifesting in terms of a whatever whatever that is, a, a meltdown or an outburst or just a fear moment or mm -hmm. an anger moment, whatever that is, this just, just, I mean, compassion, compassion, compassion. That can be really difficult, especially if it's not a convenient moment for a meltdown or an outburst or yeah. things like that, but just as much compassion as possible. And just think of how, you know, if we were having a, a moment where we couldn't understand something or why something was the way that it was, or we were feeling a really, really, really intense emotional energy in our body and we just didn't know how to process it. Um, just having compassion for, and also actually, another thing I would add to that is when I'm having a tough emotional day, well, I go to my tools. Like I go to, I go to my tools that, that help me and that I know that can help move energy through my system and help me mm -hmm. process energy through my system. So, you know, there's, it's never too early to, to give children tools um, of, oh, yeah. of ways to process energy, whether that's a journal, whether that is an essential oil, whether that's mm -hmm. yoga, whether that's meditation. I think especially now it's never too early to offer tools of support for processing energy. An example from um, someone I've been working with the past few weeks, well, my child had a really bad fight with their best friend at school and they came home and they're upset and they're angry and they're feeling all the whole spectrum of emotion and they're still holding it. Perhaps they need to process and then perhaps they need to discharge, find a way to discharge the energy. I think, yeah. you know, as adults, like we have, for the most part, we have ways of how I know how if I was feeling some type of way. I know how I would go discharge energy. Um, and I think that especially for sensitive children, they just sometimes need the prompt into processing slash discharging energy. And yeah. then as soon as they're there, they're like, oh, this feels better. I feel so much better. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that is talking it out. Sometimes that's like shaking the body around. Sometimes mm. it's going for a walk, finding unique ways to do that and help your child do that and do that with them even, even yeah. better is what I would say for right now and, and you know, for the next little for the next while too. I like how you described about discharging the the energy instead of trying to get them to be distracted, like yeah. to distract them from that moment, yep. to actually work through it yeah. um, in a way that is still comfortable for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that goes to even just for a parent who's who's working with a sensitive child, like let's just say with nighttime fear, you know, bedtime, let's say they, mom, I just saw something in my room and I'm freaked out and this and that. Okay, let's turn on the light. Let's get out of bed. Let's go for a walk around the house. Let's have a glass of juice, let, you know, whatever. And, and let's like shake it out for a second and then get you back in your space, help you feeling comfortable and safe again, getting relaxed again, and then going back to sleep. You know, I think mm. um, what would happen to me is I would wake up at night, you know, see something in the corner of my room, go get my parent and they'd be like, it's okay. It's okay. Just go back to bed. Go back. Yep. But I was so activated. I, there's, yes. I could not go back to bed. I was like, I'm activated now. I'm, 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 I'm hypervigilant. Yep. I'm freaked out. And, and I just needed a way to discharge the energy. And of course, you know, at 3am, it was just kind of like, they were just like, I just want to go back to sleep. But, yes. um, but I, but I would fight myself. Like, okay. Just go back to sleep. You're fine. You know, it's all right. You're good. You're good. But, but that wouldn't work because I was already too activated and hypervigilant and things like that. So I think discharging even in those nighttime experiences is so key. Yeah. I love that. With my own children, I try to instill in them a confidence to really claim their energy, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we talk about a lot with empaths and highly sensitive people, especially adults, you know, claiming our power, claiming our space, claiming our energy, but our children should also be doing that too. This is their room. It's their energy. It's their bed, making them feel aware of, of their space. And if something doesn't feel good, okay, maybe we need to remove some of the stuffed animals that are sitting on a chair across from you, or maybe you need more stuffed animals in your bed. Does that make your, your energy and your space feel more comfortable to you and allowing them to kind of get out of their minds sometimes and really connect back in with their bodies of what's going to feel good for your energy in your room right now. Cause I remember as a kid, I would set up these kind of like barrier walls in my bed with stuffed animals on on all sides. And, but, but truly it was because that encased space helped my energy feel or my aura Uh, be able to kind of be zipped up a little closer where I felt something around me that was comfortable. And in that regard, I was able to become more aware and and really claim that energy to feel more comfortable than having that big open space that felt really unsettling to me. So that could be an easy, an easy solution or, or helpful solution too. Yeah. Um, And I love how you said that too, just claiming their energy and their space. I think that, you know, that's something that I practice now Right. (laughs) and I know how to practice that now, of course, but even just like, that's so revolutionary as a child, if I could just say, Hey, you know, uh, what, however firm or not firm I decided to be in that on that day or on that night, depending on what the kind of energy was, um, you know, Hey, yeah, I need to sleep. And so Mm -hmm. this is not happening right now. and, and knowing that it's okay to kind of have that level of boundary and being able to know what is acceptable and what is not acceptable and what is frightening and what is non-frightening. And I think that really spirit follows our lead. Like just even now, I still, I'm like, don't mess with me at night. I'm just right. not into it. I'm yeah. still not into it. We don't do it here. It's just not happening. Um, and so it's, I'm still, I still hold that boundary. That's important for me. I'm a sleep diva. Um, yes, I am too. Yeah. I'm a sleep diva. So, you know, it's just, I'm like, that's just not going to work. So I think that that's so beautiful, even to just guiding our children into claiming their, their space and and knowing that they're able to hold their own kind of energetic boundaries. And that goes for spirit related things. But also I think that extends into so many other areas of life as well. It's like intention setting with your children. Yeah. You teach them the power of like, if you're going to go to sleep now, or if you're ready to go to bed, then you're telling yourself and your body, this is my time to quiet down. I'm going to be in my bed. I'm safe in my bed and I'm going to sleep now because when you tell yourself that you're going to do something, you've already made that happen. And sometimes children, they get so scared of like the, what if, well, what if I can't fall asleep? Well, then we'll find the next solution. Then we'll figure that out. But for now, let's tell ourselves that this is what we're going to do. And how are we going to, how are we going to feel comfortable doing that? I love that. I love that. You know, it's so funny you said that, Hannah, because one of the things that would get me to fall asleep when I was really freaked out when I was a kid is I would just say to my mom, okay, if I can't fall asleep, can I not go to school tomorrow? And she'd be like, <laughs> yeah. And as long as I knew that I was good and I didn't yeah. have to like be up early to, you know, function in, in the school the next day, then I could fall asleep. It was yep. kind of almost like I just needed to know that there was an opportunity that I wasn't, you know, going to be locked into something that that maybe was not going to feel good. So just, you yeah. know, there was an offer on the table. Okay. Yes. Well, if you can't get back to sleep, then you'll be fine. And yeah. you, you know, you can take the morning off or whatever. Yeah. Kids, yeah. our kids need to know that there is no, there is no problem 
big enough that we can't try to at least find a solution. We may not be perfect at it, but we're going to try. And that is such a relief. And even as an adult to know that there's no issue that's big enough in this world or this lifetime that we can't at least try to find a solution for and work it out. That's such Absolutely. a relief. It is. Yeah. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's even so comforting just to hear just now and, and really knowing the truth of, of those words and of that statement. Yeah. I think it's it's especially right now. Yeah, yeah. I agree. 